Hello, 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 and welcome back to Netflix, Coffee, and Questioning Humanity. Award season is upon us, and I thought it'd be fun to do a little Oscar predictions episode. Now that I've seen a couple more of the nominated films. To be clear, I know the Oscars are kind of lame and out of touch. But it's been this nerdy tradition of mine. It's been about 10 years that I have tried to watch every Oscar film available. I don't always succeed. I've never succeeded at watching all of them, but I definitely try. I like to watch and judge and critique as if my opinion actually matters, like I do during movie trailers. So this is all in good fun. It's a tradition that pushes me to watch more movies I never would be drawn to, and some I have really loved, like Three Billboards Out of Ebbing, Missouri. I think that's what it's called, with Frances McDormand. That is the one I'm referring to. There was also that weird Michael Keaton movie, the superhero one. That was fantastic. I never would have watched that on my own. It's just a wee bit of fun, that's all. I definitely have a much better idea of who I think will win and who I want to win. Do my predictions count for anything? No, if you have been listening for any amount of time, I know nothing. That being said, let's roll some sirens, sip some coffee, and get into it, yeah. Friendly reminder that this is an explicit podcast, which means I may discuss explicit content while most certainly using explicit language so little ears, those easily offended, and my mom and dad may want to bow out. I tried to do that wicked fast. Probably sounded awful. Probably a few lip smacks in there. I apologize. No one hates it more than me. I'm so sorry if it comes through. Now on with the show. I wanted to be fancy schmancy for the upcoming Oscars, so I am drinking a London Fog iced latte with oat milk from Stabby's. Really, really quick, that just sent my brain down a spiral that I have to talk about. Have you heard of that Michaela girl on TikTok, like the makeup one? So everyone shits on her for having a very thick, almost cartoon-like Boston accent. And even though I sound, to me at least, I really truly don't think I sound anything like her. But and however, everyone is shitting on her accent and it has activated, well not activated, it has definitely ramped up my insecurity about my accent. And those of you in America may listen to me and say, you don't have an accent. For those of you who think that, thank you very much. I work very hard to not let my accent poke through. It's really not that strong to begin with, not to me anyway, but I work very hard to make sure it isn't obnoxious because I know it's unbearable. I understand that the Boston accent or the New England accent is not the cutest accent out there. All right, I'm aware of it. When I first moved down to Florida, I had people tell me they could not understand me, which to be fair, I think a quarter of that was my accent. And the rest of it was me talking way too fast, because as you know, listener, I have a tendency to do that. When I get rambling, I just go 100 miles per minute. So ultimately, I think that's what it was. It doesn't seriously affect my self-esteem, but it was just something I had never heard of before. In my city where I grew up, I definitely did not have a strong accent. 
cut to a few years later and I'm being told I sound like fucking Snooky and I am scaring cashiers when I'm asking for nips and Italian grinders. Any hoosies, that's the rabbit hole my brain fell down. London fog lattes are baller. I think it will be way better hot, but iced is great too. Now let's roll into these Oscars. We are going to kick this backwards by doing the least interesting, at least to me, and then moving into the big mama categories and finishing off with best picture. I will only be going over the ones that will be aired. And I know there was some confusion slash backlash about what was being aired or what wasn't. I know a few of these will be pre-recorded and they're just going to cut out the walk to the stage and stupid shit like that to save time. It feels weird to me, but whatever, go off. The only other categories I won't be talking about are the ones where I saw none of the movies. I think it was uh, the best documentary short film, best animated short, international film, etc., etc. Just ones that were a bit more obscure that I didn't watch. I apologize. I'm so sorry. International film, I think Drive My Car will win. Like, come on, it's going to win. And just in case I wasn't clear enough in my intro, I am nobody. I do not have any degree in anything. I am not a film connoisseur. I am a film and TV lover. I like what I like. I don't know the reasons why these Academy people love movies and why they don't. I like shit that entertains me, that speaks to me. And so that may not be the case for you. It's a very personal thing. Please don't be offended if I shit on your favorite actor, your favorite movie. Don't take what I say as gospel. I know nothing. The first category is Best Song, and the nominees are Be Alive from King Richard, Dos Origuitas from Encanto, Down to Joy from Belfast, No Time to Die from No Time to Die, and Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. Lyrically, Be Alive is absolutely incredible, as well as Somehow You Do, beautifully written songs. Please don't come for me on this next opinion I have. Please, please, please. I know the stands are standing hard for Billie Eilish. I personally cannot listen to her, except that happier than ever, the edit, like where she's just yelling and the guitar is great. Love that. The whisper humming bird noises, I, that's not for me. I know that's a big vibe right now. I know I am not on the cool train. So her No Time to Die I cannot express how fucking bored I was listening to this song. Did not like it. But it seemed like this song was a big old comfy pair of titties and the world just shoved their face right in and motorboated that bitch. They love No Time to Die. I feel like everyone but me loves that song. What I don't think I'm alone in is that I don't ever want to hear another Encanto song ever again. So Dos Oreguitas is not for me. My triplet seven-year-old siblings only speak to me in Encanto. My brother cannot speak more than two words without asking me to recite We Don't Talk About Bruno backwards, which I'm pretty sure he can do. When I actually watched the film, I fell asleep the first time I watched it because I was just tired. It wasn't because the movie was boring. The movie's fine. But the second time I watched it was with them. And I specifically said to them, Listen, heathens, I have only seen this movie up to when the house started cracking. You can sing and dance and talk because all three of them talk at the same time very loudly. We're just a loud family. But they will give me like the director's commentary for every second of the film. Each one of them saying something different. 
And then one will start singing, one will start telling me a story about the song, one will ask me what my favorite song is, what my second favorite song is, what my third favorite song is, do I know it backwards, can I sing it in French? And surprise, surprise, they did not stop talking or singing the entire movie, which was fine, you know, I, it was fine, I got the gist of the movie. I'm just sick of Encanto, and I think a lot of people that are around kids are as well. I really did like Down to Joy by Van Morrison, I thought that was a really good song. I do feel like that song out of the bunch is the only one that I'd bop to in my car, like an actual song I would have on my playlist, not just one song that I listen to and appreciate. My prediction is that No Time to Die will win this. However, I do hope that Be Alive, Somehow You Do, or Down to Joy will win. I'd be happy with any of those three. But if I had to pick, it would be Be Alive. The next category is Best Score. The nominees are Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. I really would love Dune to win this one. They had a great score. I think it's a score that you don't even really appreciate because there's so much going on cinematically, like as you watch. Obviously, cinematic can be the entire experience, but you know what I'm saying. There's just so much to look at. My prediction is The Power of the Dog will win this one, and obviously I want Dune to win. Next category is Visual Effects, and the nominees are Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Ugh, my heart is torn on this one. It is torn. I really want Spidey to win. I love the Spider-Man movies. I also want Tom and Zendaya to adopt me into their relationship. Just saying. Not only do I have love for that movie, but I really do believe that this film had phenomenal visual effects. However, I do believe Dunes is superior. The effects were absolutely insane. So I will pick Dune as my prediction and my personal pick because it is in my heart what I want to win and what I think deserves to win. Moving on to best sound, and I have always been confused about the difference between sound and score, and I think I may have it figured out. Score is like the background instrumental music, and sound is like the practical sound effects like rocks falling, footsteps, cracking of bones, things like that. I may be wrong. Please tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know if I have this figured out, but that's what I'm going with. The nominees for Best Sound are Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. I would also have to say Dune for this one as well for what I want to win or what I think deserves to win because the sound effects, again, they're otherworldly. And I can't imagine how hard that must have been to mix and make shit for this other world. I imagine that the sound team is incredibly creative. However, I have a feeling West Side Story will win because of the musical aspect combined with the texture of the city that almost works in tandem with the songs and whatnot, which is totally fine. I think that would be valid. I would not be mad if it won, but I'd prefer Dune. So my prediction is West Side Story. My want is Dune. We are moving into more interesting categories, starting with makeup and hairstyling. The nominees are Coming to America, Cruella, Dune, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. This category was so odd to me. Well, the nominees anyway. These nominees seem much more fitting for costume design. I just didn't see anything incredible about some of these nominees. But again, sometimes for makeup, that is what you want. I get that. But and however, I do predict The Eyes of Tammy Faye will win. And that is exactly what I think deserves to win and what I want to win. 
The way that they transformed Jessica Chastain was insane. Again, if you haven't watched that movie, do yourself a favor. It is very long, but it is so, so, so good. The next category is Best Editing, and the nominees are Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. Editing is another category I never really understood. I know what it is, but I never could identify what was good editing. I know bad editing when I see it, which ironically, one of the nominees had some of the worst editing I've ever seen in a movie ever. But I've come to learn that what is deemed good editing is a good flow of the film. You should not notice the edits. It should be a nice, smooth transition. I do have to say, my feelings aside, and despite my turning it off every 15 minutes, because I could not watch it in long intervals, but also it's very telling to me how well Tick, Tick, Boom flowed. It flowed great. I have to say that. I do predict Tick, Tick, Boom will win this one and it will be well-deserved. However, of course, I will be rooting for Dune. But if it wins, I totally get it. But if Don't Look Up wins, that's when we have a fucking problem. Some of the worst editing I've ever seen, like a fucking 2012 YouTuber. The next one is a tough one. It's Best Cinematography and the nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Man, oh man, obviously I want the tragedy of Macbeth to win. I think it is the most deserving and has superior cinematography. It's light years ahead of all of these nominees. Light years beyond. Button, however, I predict Nightmare Alley will win, which was a fantastic movie, by the way. I really enjoyed it. But Macbeth was better. I predict Nightmare Alley. I want Macbeth. Fingers crossed. We will see. Best Costume Design is next, and the nominees are Cruella, Serrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. Maybe this is so obvious it's an uncool choice and not gonna be the choice that's made, but goddamn, Cruella had some baller costumes. Like, truly unique and beautiful pieces. Serrano definitely had a very distinct time period, and the pieces for that were really cool as well. I'm sure those were hard to find and create, etc., etc. Dune, as I've said a hundred times, has that otherworldly feel, so the outfits had to resemble that. What they wore kind of reminded me, I don't know who said it, but they said that stormtroopers looked familiar, but also otherworldly. That was the vision on their design. And that's exactly how I felt with Dune. So I think that was great. Nightmare Alley was fantastic. The outfits, again, it's from a very specific time period. But I do think that the most unique and obvious choice is Cruella. But I'd be happy with literally any of these. The next category is production design. And the nominees are, God, I feel like I'm actually a presenter at the Oscars. The nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Yes, there is a pattern. Yes, the majority of these movies are in every category. Also, I was looking back at all of the years as a whole because I watched Lady Bird the other day, which was one of the movies that I did not watch when it was nominated. I just wasn't drawn to it. And there was a ton of other ones I wanted to watch. And I was expecting Timothy Chalamet because I think this was his first nomination, even if it wasn't his first. I was expecting him to be brilliant because he was nominated and I believe won for best actor in a supporting role. 
Regardless, he was not worthy of a fucking trip to McDonald's after that performance. There, there, like, what was it? It was a great movie. I loved it, but he just played a douchebag and barely talked. And I know that saying nothing and physical acting is just as important, if not more important than actual speaking. But even that, it was just was just basic. I wasn't impressed at all. I thought uh, the I don't want to give anything away just in case you haven't seen it. But I thought the other person in Lady Bird's life, the other supporting male that was in school with her, I thought he deserved a Best Supporting Actor nomination. And I thought her best friend deserved a Best Supporting Actress nomination. Just saying. I know I'm like five years late to this party, but I just had to say it. Anyway, for production design, it has to be Macbeth. There is no other choice. I both predict and I want it. There is nothing more incredible out of Macbeth, aside from Denzel Washington, than its production design. Are you, are like, I don't even know how I will react. Which, by the way, I was going to save it for the outro. I do plan on having live reactions and doing like a special Oscars night on the NCQH podcast Instagram page. It's literally just NCQH podcast. I'm being extra as fuck for it. So I hope nothing comes up. Nothing's on the agenda, but you never know. But my plans are to sit my ass in front of the TV and watch the Oscars and freak out like I normally do and share those reactions with you. If you want just a simple reminder of who's nominated and who won, I'm also going to be posting that for every category that will be aired, whether I talk about it today or not. But as I was saying, I don't know how I will react. I, I don't know because Macbeth is perfection when it comes to production design. But I feel like with my luck, the power of the dog is going to win. I have this sneaking suspicion that it's going to fucking sweep. And I... I don't think I can handle that in 2022. Moving on to Best Animated Feature, the nominees are Encanto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, and Raya and the Last Dragon. I know what you're thinking. It has to be Encanto, but I don't know. I think it could be Luca. I love that movie. I want Luca to win. I think it will upset Encanto. I don't think Encanto is going to win in general. Literally, it's a Disney movie every year that wins. And there's one, two, three in this category. But also Flea, because Flea is nominated for Best Documentary, too. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. All right. Let me just say right now. Let me make the decision on the spot. I want Luca to win. I think Flea will win. Oh, my God. I Did I say that? Okay. That's official. When is the last time Disney did not win a Best Animated Picture? Let me do a little researchies because it's literally every single year. Why is it saying I don't have internet? Yes, I do. I promise I have internet. All right. So I'm looking at literally every year here. Last year it was Soul. 2019 was Toy Story 4. 2018 was Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, so that's not Disney. I don't believe Into the Spider-Verse was like a, a Disney-owned thing. I know that it's in association with Disney Marvel, but whatever. 2017 was Coco. 2016 was Zootopia. 2015 was Inside Out, 2014 Big Hero 6, 2013 was Frozen, that's three more right there, 2012 was Brave, 2011 was Rango, I don't believe that's Disney, 2010 Toy Story 3, Up, Wally, Ratatouille, Happy Feet, wait, Happy Feet is not Disney, so we only have three more there, Wallace and Gromit, wow, two years in a row that Disney didn't win, back to winning in 2004, The Incredibles, then Finding Nemo, Spirited Away, obviously, in 2002, and Shrek in 2001. 
Did they not have this in the 90s? Oh, they didn't have it as a regular award because there were simply too few produced to justify such consideration. The Academy occasionally bestowed special Oscars for exceptional productions, usually for Walt Disney Pictures, for films like Snow White, Beauty and the Beast, Toy Story, etc., etc. So this is a baby category. There, we had our learning of the day. So in total, I believe that was 14 times Disney won, which is crazy. On to Best Adapted Screenplay. The nominees are Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. I would love for Coda to win this. This is the most recent Oscar-nominated film I watched, and I retract and stomp on and set fire to everything I said previously about how it looked. This is one of the most heartwarming films I've ever seen. Was not expecting that at all. I love that it didn't paint the story as sad. This was a funny fucking movie. If I had to describe it, obviously uh, it's about a young girl. It's kind of a coming of age story. And her brother, her mother, and her father are all deaf. So she's sort of the, so she's sort of the family interpreter. And this is obviously interfering with her personal life and her personal goals. So you have that element. Take that and mix in a heavy portion of Raise Your Voice. Just in case you needed a little reminder, this is so embarrassing and you're going to judge me and that's fine. But please know that I had a very traumatizing childhood, okay? I escaped through The Sims, food, and Hilary Duff, all right? Have some grace with me. When I was younger, I cannot believe I'm telling this, um, I lived in an apartment with my dad and it was a fairly big apartment. And in my bedroom, there was this weird closet situation. It was a very large closet, but it was like a hallway, but a triangle hallway, like it came to a point and it had no light. So I just made it my library kind of situation because I had a lot of books. And in that closet, I had a Hilary Duff shrine. I had the Hilary Duff uh, room makeover book. I had the pink book. I can't remember what it was. It was like Gumbo's in Magnolia. This book walked so that where the crawdads sing could run. I had that book, which if you don't know, that was from Lizzie McGuire when her mom and her were in a book club and they, yeah, that's what I had. I had this Lizzie McGuire journal. I had a thick ass Hilary Duff fan book. I don't even know what you can call it. It was good ass paper, glossy cover. It was like Hilary Duff's birthday, Hilary Duff's favorite food. Her star sign, her favorite place to go with her dogs. I went to see her several times, but I was there for when she shot the Fly music video. I lied to people. I don't think anyone believed me, but I told them that I was in the video and you could see my arm. I was in the fucking nosebleeds. I was beyond the nosebleeds. I was on the ceiling. If You Can't Do the Math was one of my favorite rock songs at the time. If you haven't heard it and you're unaware and you doubt that it's rock, turn that shit on. It's from the Metamorphosis album. I still fucking get jiggy to that song. It's on my air guitar playlist, which is private on Spotify. That's not for you to see. I had her with Love Perfume. I was obsessed until I was a bit too old to be. I still love Hillary, though. She's great. 
Where did this stem from? What am I talking about? How did we go from me talking about the Oscars to playing air guitar to, if you can't do the math, then get out of the equation? Coda. That's where it was. That's where we started. Okay. Take that amazing story element of the deaf parents, the deaf brother, young woman trying to grow up, but she's her family's interpreter and she doesn't want them to be held back or to fail. So they need her. Throw in a sprinkle of that. That's the base of the soup of Coda. Then you take Raise Your Voice and you fill that fucker up. It definitely had some cheese to it, this movie, but it was perfect. This is the kind of cheese I like. And again, like I said, it was really, really funny. I also would not be upset if Dune won, of course, I'm getting redundant. But something I wanted to save for this category specifically when it comes to Dune is the word adapted, adapted screenplay. What they did with Dune, how they took that story, that beautiful foreign universe, complicated politics, uh, uh, whole new rules, systems, planets, travel. It's a hard book. It's not easily digestible. Not to me anyway. I'm sure plenty of people can take it in just fine. But for myself personally, I wasn't confused at any point. A lot of the times when I'm reading a book, which is why I, I love fantasy, but I just can't sometimes, it's like they're speaking another language or they sometimes are literally speaking another language. And they throw out these names like I'm Pizzanilla Fortutigus III, Prince of Alcatra Mantra from the 35th realm. I shut the book and I felt like Dune was going to be like that. It wasn't. It was extremely palatable. It was fun to watch. It was adapted very well. So I wouldn't be mad if Dune won either. Also, I love that in the year 10191, the name Paul is still going strong. That was probably the most astounding thing to me about Dune. I was like, all this, all this new world shit, all of this that inspired Star Wars, this magical universe, and his name is Paul. Like, what? It's a good name, sure. Just wasn't expecting that in 101.91. My prediction is that Drive My Car will win this. But I want Coda to win. I did not like Drive My Car. It was three hours of my life I can never get back. It was so odd. Right off the bat, two characters were talking about a mom being turned on by an admirer of her son who snuck into their home like a weird fucking stalker. And if that wasn't fucking creepy enough, she puts an unused tampon in a drawer of his. And like I said, the mom is severely turned on by this. She loves this shit. And the mom leaves this girl, this stalker admirer that loves her son that I'm sure her son knows nothing about. She leaves her her own underwear in her son's drawer. The conversation was all like about a TV show that they wanted to put out, I think, something like that. But either way, it was so, so bad. (laughs) I've rambled enough for that category. Let's move on to best actor in a supporting role. Yes, we are now in the big mama territory. The nominees are Siran Hines from Belfast, Troy Kotsur from CODA, Jesse Plemons from The Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons from Being the Ricardos, and Cody Smith-McPhee from The Power of the Dog. Allow me to talk a bit more shit about Power of the Dog. Cody was fine, sure, he did fine. But to give them nominations for their performance? Fuck all the way off. Absolutely the fuck not. I did not get to see Belfast, so I cannot speak to Siran's performance. I did see some clips of the movie, but it's not fair of me to judge a performance on five-minute clips, so I'm not going to do that. J.K. Simmons was great in being the Ricardos. I think his character was spot on. But this win goes to Troy Kotzer. He is the dad in CODA. He is also actually deaf in real life. And this man, 
is the most expressive actor I think I've ever seen. His performance was hilarious, moving, heartwarming. Like I said before, it was just so fucking good. And I hope this doesn't come off wrong. Hopefully you understand exactly what I'm saying. But there are people in this world who believe a lot of things are performative. And I am one of them. If you are somebody who did not watch CODA and you happen to be also cynical and think a lot of shit is performative and this man wins, please know that it's not performative. This man is the best actor in this category. Hands down. There will be nothing gratuitous about him winning. Not at all. He will win solely because his performance is brilliant and I predict that he will win and he is also, of course, who I want to win. After we talk about Best Actor in a Supporting Role, we have to talk about Best Actress in a Supporting Role. The nominees are as follows. Jesse Buckley from The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBois from West Side Story, Judy Dench from Belfast, Kirsten Dunst from The Power of the Dog, and Ingenue Ellis from King Richard. Like I said, I did not see Belfast and I did not get a chance to see King Richard. So I can't speak to either of those movies. I wasn't a fan of The Power of the Dog, wasn't a fan of West Side Story, wasn't a fan of The Lost Daughter. Didn't like any of them. But if I did have to pick, I would definitely say Jessie Buckley. I did not like The Lost Daughter, but Jessie Buckley's part, she played like the younger main character. Hers were the most interesting, for sure. That was when I was most engaged with the film. So I would really like her to win, but I have a feeling it will be Kirsten Dunst. From Best Supporting Actresses to Best Actress in a Leading Role, the nominees are Jessica Chastain from The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman from The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz from Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman from Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart. I have seen all of these films aside from Parallel Mothers, and I really want Jessica Chastain to win this. But something is telling me, call it a horrendous spidey sense, that Kristen Stewart will win this. I do believe that there were better options than Kristen Stewart, uh, but I don't think she did a horrendous job. My final say is I want Jessica Chastain to win for Tammy Faye. Definitely deserves it. But I predict it will be Kristen Stewart. I'm just imagining Kristen Stewart giving an acceptance speech. I kind of want her to win just to see Bella Swan go up to the Academy Awards stage and give an acceptance speech. I kind of want her to win now. No, 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 no. It's Jessica Chastain still. But that would be entertaining. Imagine if they played Let Me Sign, like the orchestra, as she walked up to the stage. I'd fucking die. Only in my fantasies, I guess. Moving on to a category that I probably don't even need to explain my thoughts on. Denzel, the winner, and all others that will be graciously filling the spaces around him are Javier Bardem from Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cucumber from The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield from Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith from King Richard, and the winner Denzel Washington from The Tragedy of Macbeth. If you already listened to my Big Mama season opener episode, you already be knowing. But if you don't be knowing, this is Denzel Washington's win. The Oscars were created solely to give this award to him right now for this project. There is no world where he doesn't win. There isn't one. But my fucking luck, my luck, I'm getting mad just thinking about the idea of him not winning. My luck, it'll be Andrew fucking Garfield. I know everyone raves about how well he impersonated the man that the film was about. I'm sorry, I don't know who it is about off the top of my head. And I don't mean any disrespect to Andrew Garfield, nor the man he was portraying. 
I love Andrew Garfield, but it would be a fucking monstrosity to give this to anyone but Denzel. That's it. Switching categories now, we are moving on to best directing. The nominees are Kenneth Branagh from Belfast. I apologize if I'm not pronouncing that last name correctly. Ryosuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. And Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. I had to double check to see if I took my notes wrong on this because I could have sworn that Guillermo del Toro was nominated for Nightmare Alley. Why is he not? Why not? That's who I was going to root for because I thought it was nominated. Now I don't I don't think I care as long as it's not licorice pizza. West Side Story did look good, though. Like, again, I I know it's a good story, a classic story. I've seen the old movie. Yeah, I know West Side Story. I'm just very particular with musicals and I wasn't feeling this one, but it looked gorgeous, gorgeous. So who I want to win, I guess, I guess I'll just go with Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. And I predict, who do I predict? From the little bits that I saw from Belfast, it seems like an Oscar-y directing performance. So I'm going to predict Belfast even though I haven't seen it. So this is a very weak prediction, but I am rooting for West Side Story. Underneath all that, I'm hoping that Steve Harvey comes out and announces that it's actually Nightmare Alley that won. And we're on to the big one, ladies, gentlemen, everyone in between. We have made it to Best Picture and the nominees are meaty. We have a lot of nominees. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. So yes, all of the same fucking movies that I've been redundant about this entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would not mind a handful of these winning. I would understand. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Good shit. I get it. Like West Side Story, for example. I'd be like, yeah, you know, fine. Steven Spielberg, classic. It's a good win. I wouldn't really care about King Richard or Belfast because I haven't seen either, but I think that's a really awesome story to tell about Venus and Serena Williams. And I do love Will Smith, even though his movies traumatized me as a child. I wouldn't be surprised if The Power of the Dog won. Same thing with Drive My Car. That's like typical Oscar shit. We expect those to win. And there are two more nominees that if they won would be categorized into the what the fuck is going on part of my brain, and that's Don't Look Up and Licorice Pizza. If I had to pick a film that my heart wanted to win, it's Coda. But if I had to pick greatest all-around film, not just a beautiful story with beautiful actors, if I really had to take in all aspects, it would be Nightmare Alley. That's what the analytical side of me wants. But my gut, my heart, my soul, it all says Coda. It wasn't a terribly exciting or gripping or technically good film compared to the other nominees. It was a good film. I have been stumped ever since I saw Coda. Like, I was totally fine, totally confident in Nightmare Alley. I was like, no, 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 this is a great movie. It's going to win. It's, it's a good movie. I'd be happy with that. My final decision is I want Coda to win, and I predict that Coda will win. Like I said, it's not the greatest technical film. Ultimately, though, what I think is going to win over the Academy is how it made them feel. But we're talking about the fucking Academy, who picked Anthony Hopkins over Chadwick Boseman, and also, also, also robbed Juno. No, I haven't gotten over that, thanks. One of the greatest fucking films of all, one of the greatest pieces of art of all time. Ridiculous. Should have fucking swept the Oscars. My cheese banana 
Jonas, shut your freaking gob, okay? Thank you again for listening. As I mentioned, I fully intend on doing live reactions on Oscar night, which will be taking place this Sunday, March 27th at 8 p.m. If you'd like to see me rage if Don't Look Up and the Power of the Dog win absolutely anything, you can follow the pod's Instagram at NCQH Podcast. And to see me rage about any small inconvenience in my life, you can follow my personal Instagram at LEAA underscore M-A-R-Z. And who knows, if I'm feeling ambitious, maybe I'll bitch on TikTok as well. And my TikTok is at L-E-A-M-A-R-Z-Z. Please keep telling me who you think will win, who you don't want to win. Keep talking shit to me about the power of the dog and licorice pizza. Let's keep crying about Coda. I'm having a great time. Today, I want to spotlight First Nations Development Institute, which has an impressive score of 96.81 on Charity Navigator. First Nations Development Institute is a national, nonprofit Native American organization whose mission is to strengthen American Indian economies to support healthy Native communities. They believe that only solutions designed by Native peoples for Native peoples through the control of their assets and based on their cultural values will succeed. They educate educate grassroots practitioners through training, technical assistance, and peer learning. They also advocate for systemic change by building power in Native communities and affirming tribes' peer-to-peer status with the federal government. In addition, they capitalize Indian communities through grants to tribes and Native groups to ensure that Native people receive physical, environmental, socioeconomic, and cultural benefits, and so, so, so much more. For more information on the causes First Nations is involved in, a plethora of articles providing further knowledge on affairs relevant to Native peoples, and a complete list and details on their programs, visit firstnations.org. Of course, there's always the option to donate through their website if you are capable and comfortable doing so. Until next time, stay caffeinated, stay streaming, stay strong. (laughs) 